At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. We've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be joined by Ryan Kramer, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at this week's NFL card, and we're going to be hitting upon some college football as well. Much of the week, it's been mostly NFL, but we're going to be going a little bit more into the college game here in the next two hours as Tom Cunningham is going to be joining me in a little bit over an hour, does great work at Vegas Insider as well. We're going to be going with a lot of college football with him. So we've got a lot on deck there. We're going to be taking a look at as much as we can for this MLB card on Wednesday. I will say it once again, many of you guys are listening live. There are quite a few games that are off the board just because of undetermined starters. There's a lot of teams deciding, okay, who do we want to fill innings here? So that way we can, if they're a playoff team, get set for the postseason and if they're not a playoff team, just get to their tee times that are going to be coming up within the next 48 or so hours. So there's a lot of that going on. So it's going to be a little bit more of a strange day of baseball, but I still do have my DK Nation pick for this Wednesday. So I'm going to take a look at that right about now. And it involves a team that, as I do this live, is currently still in action. 977, 978 on the bang board. It is the Detroit Tigers. They are on the road and they are going to be facing up against the Seattle Mariners. Marco Gonzalez is going to be going for Seattle, and Tyler Alexander is on the bump with the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Also, do note that 
at some point in this game because right now as I do this, the game is in the seventh inning and it is nine to six in favor of the Seattle Mariners. And well, it has turned into a calamity in which you've got a bunch of random pitchers pitching that we might see one of these starters actually go into this game. I think that Marco Gonzalez is pretty much going to be out there to be an innings eater for the Seattle Mariners on Thursday or on Wednesday. But that said, Tyler Alexander, he could get called at any time. But right now at DraftKings, you've got the Seattle Mariners as a minus 215 favorite, plus 185 is your price on the Detroit Tigers with a total of seven shaded a little bit to the over. And I know that myself and producer Jason Kahn were talking about this a little bit off air. This is probably a time in which if you're looking for absolutely nothing else in Major League Baseball on this Wednesday, taking a look at a bunch of these big underdogs, like the Colorado Rockies are probably going to be once again like a $3 underdog going up against Clayton Kershaw. You're going to be finding a lot of other teams like perhaps the Miami Marlins are probably going to be a big underdog against the Atlanta Braves, the Washington Nationals against the New York Mets. Just blindly betting these underdogs, I'm sure when it's all said and done, it's going to be able to make you a little bit of money. I would say take a look at the situation, someone like Ashoi Otani, who's going to be going for the LA Angels. That might be a guy that you want to bank on because you got to figure that even though he's not going to win the MVP, they're going to want to do everything humanly possible for him to be able to close out on a bang. But with that said, getting back to Tigers versus the Mariners, I need at least plus 170 to fire in on the Detroit Tigers. I uh, This is another one of these plus prices I'm going to be firing in on. But what I'm writing up for DK Nation is going to be the over. As I am doing this right now, there's 15 runs have been scored in game two of this doubleheader going into the bottom of the seventh inning. And Marco Gonzalez has not been good this year. He's got a ERA that is a little bit north of four and a fielding independent that is a full point higher than that is Marco Gonzalez. He just allows so much contact. He's getting only five strikeouts per nine innings. He's allowing about 1.5 home runs per nine innings, three plus runs surrendered in five out of his last six games. This guy is just really not very good. And the only thing that he's really good for is that he, if he's able to get super duper hot, he's able to fill quite a few innings just because he doesn't need to use up quite a few pitches just because he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, doesn't necessarily give up a lot of walks. And then the flip side for Tyler Alexander, he's not a strikeout artist himself. He's been getting about 5.3, 5.4 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, once again, is relatively solid, but he's also giving up nearly 1.5 home runs per nine innings. And he has not been good on the road this season for Tyler Alexander. He's got an ERA that is a 558 on the road. His home runs per nine rate on the road, by the way, north of two. So that's not terrific. And this is a Seattle Mariners team that the one thing that their offense is able to do is they're able to go deep. This is actually a Mariners team that going into the doubleheader for Tuesday was in the bottom of the league in terms of batting average since the all-star break. But you've got plenty of guys that are able to send you deep. And Eugenio Suarez has been able to go deep for over 30 home runs. Got Cal Raleigh, Carlos Santana, both cranking out at least 19 home runs. Ty France has been able to give you 20 home runs. Uh, those guys, really the only one that does a solid job of moving the line is France. He's been hitting about a 275 thus far this season. Now, don't be surprised if you see someone like an Julio Rodriguez perhaps sit this game out as he's currently got five at-bats in, and it's the seventh inning, and he's coming off of injury. So, would not be surprised if he sits this one up. But, hey, all the better to the over if he does play because he has been tremendous for the team as well. He's hitting about a 285. He's got north of 25 home runs himself. And for the Detroit Tigers, all of a sudden, it's an offense that has been able to show a little bit of a sign of life. For much of the season, the Tigers have been the worst offense in the big leagues, but now they've played at four-plus runs. If you include game two of this doubleheader, nine out of their last 12 games. So they've been able to pick it up in a big way. You got a lot of young guys that 
They're looking to be able to pad their sets, go into the offseason with some momentum. Guys like Spencer Torkelson, Akil Badu that have had really bad seasons. These two guys, Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, they're in a 215 or lower, but you got to figure that Miguel Cabrera might see a couple of bats in this one. He, Victor Reyes, are both hitting about a 255. Eric Haas as well. You've been able to get a little bit of something out of Harold Castro as well. He's been able to hit about a 270 for this bunch. So you got guys that are all of a sudden starting to move the line for the Detroit Tigers. And both of these bullpens are completely fried. As you got Will Vest, the opener for the Tigers. He went in and then you had Elvin Rodriguez provide like three and two-thirds innings. So... The Detroit Tigers have had to go very, very deep into the bullpen in this game, too, for the Seattle Mariners. They had Justice Sheffield give up five runs in five innings. They had to dive into their bullpen. As a matter of fact, they had to go so far down in game number one of this doubleheader that the backup catcher, Lewis Torrance, had to come into the game. And credit to Lewis Torrance, he was actually throwing in the mid to high 80s. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Typically, you don't have a backup catcher that's able to throw like that, but... They had to use the backup catcher in game one, so they're looking to do everything humanly possible to save the bullpen, and Marco Gonzalez just, frankly, isn't necessarily very good. And for the Detroit Tigers since the beginning of the month of August, 20th in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, you're just not going to be getting very trustworthy pitching out there whatsoever. You're going to have a lot of guys that are going to be relatively tired but because this is a day game, but I feel like there's going to be quite a few guys wanting to be able to pad their sets going into the offseason for the Detroit Tigers and the Seattle Mariners team that, they're looking at their batting averages. You've got a lot of guys below a 220. They're going to look to try to get above that as well. And what better way to do so than against bad pitching? I do like this total over. And just being able to get this plus 185 on the Detroit Tigers, that's a little bit too much value to pass up. So that's where I'm looking in this one. How about if we look at a game which I do think that the favorite is going to have a lot of motivation here. 965, 966 on the board. I alluded to this one about a minute ago. LA Angels on the road going up against the Oakland A's as Ken Waldachuk is going to be going for the A's, and Joey Otani is on the bump for the Angels. Total on this game is 7, and with the Angels, you're finding them between minus 230 and minus 250 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, that is between minus 135 and minus 140, and this is really the one underdog I'm going to stay away from because Joey Otani, typically the LA Angels, they want to preserve him as much as humanly possible. They want to make sure that he doesn't get burnt out, and yeah, that could be the case once again here, but you got to feel like with the LA Angels, they want to give Shohei Otani as big of a year as humanly possible. And you just take a look at what Shohei Otani has been able to do this season. His numbers are on par with what Corbin Burns did when he won the Cy Young last season. 15 and 8, 235 ERA, nearly 12 punch outs per nine innings, two and a half walks per nine innings, 0.8 home runs per nine. This guy has been absolutely magnificent this season. I actually think that he pitched more innings this year than Corbin Burns did last season when he won the National League Cy Young. He has been that impressive. Now, not getting that Cy Young award because Justin Verlander had another very good performance for the Houston Astros on Tuesday. And let's call it what it is. I do think that Aaron Judge has the MVP sign sealed and delivered. You can say what you will about it. This is an award that comes down to the voters. And if the voters don't give it to Aaron Judge, I am sure that there is going to be some sort of an uprising that happens in the baseball community, and that would not be too terrific. But Joey Otani, over his last 10 stars, a buck 61 ERA. He has been absolutely terrific, giving up just three home runs. And now he goes up against, I wish I could call it anything else, a very sad and embarrassing Oakland A's team. I mean, there was a joke going around that when Jared Kelnick was called up to face off against the Oakland A's about a week or so ago that it was like, oh, 
Jared Kelnick hits really, really well against AAA pitching, but can't do anything against a major league. So they're calling him up to go up against the Oakland A's. I apologize to any Oakland A's fans out there, but I thought that that one was actually relatively funny. But you do take a look at just this Oakland A's team. You got Seth Brown, Sean Murphy. They've been able to combine for 43 home runs this season. But really, outside of Sean Murphy, among guys that have gotten at least 60 at Nobody else is hitting above a 240. This is a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, and as a collective, they're hitting about a 210. It doesn't help that they're in a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and it doesn't help that this team has just not got any talent whatsoever because ownership, they traded away all the good pieces, a very sad and embarrassing situation there, and on top of that for the Oakland A's. Their bullpen is just completely spent, and now they have to send out their Ken Waldrichuk with a 6 ERA. He's given up a little bit over a home run per nine innings. That is just not been terrific for the LA Angels. Got Taylor Ward, who is closing out the year on an absolute tear. He's been hitting right around at 350 over the last 30 days. And then you've got Mike Trout, Shoy Otani, these two guys. They've got north of 70 home runs between the two of them. Luis Ranifo has been able to do a good job of moving line. And the Angels have been able to figure it out a little bit more with their bullpen as well. Guys like a Zach Weiss, Andrew Wands, throwing their Jimmy Harrigan. They've been able to provide a sub-325 ERA, which has been respectable. Meanwhile, for the A's, they are very much looking forward to the season being done because their bullpen has all sorts of banged up. Domingo Acevedo, A.J. Puck, their two most trustworthy bullpen pieces. They got used up in a 10-inning game on Tuesday. So now you're going to be looking at guys like Kirby Sneed and company with north of a 5-ERA. This is a situation where I'm going to be taking a look at the run line with the LA Angels. I do think that showtime is going to be very special in this game, but I do think that the total a little bit too low because I do think that the Angels get to the Oakland A's at Ken Walsh, Chuck and company. So I told more around to 7.7. So looking at the over and the Angels on the run line. And coming up next, we're going to turn our attention back to... Football in general. Ryan Kramer does a great job taking a look at the NFL and college football over at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He joins me next here on the Great Peterson Experience on Decent, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Snack time meets game time with the Free Throw Lay Snacks and Snap Series. Join six free fantasy football contests and drive to your best lineup for your chance to win $120,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Frito-Lay now to get in on the action. Frito-Lay, brewed for the fun of it. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DraftKings.com for details as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Ryan Kramer. He does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Happy Week 5, Greg. Happy Week 5 to you, and Week 5 is going to be getting going on Thursday with... A game that I have yet to take a position on, and I don't know if I want to take a position on either of these teams. The Indianapolis Colts, they're on the road. They're facing off against the Denver Broncos. A mixture of three and three and a half in the market, with the Denver Broncos being a favorite, and the last game is anywhere between 42 and a half and 43 and a half. Right now, the dilemma I face is that I absolutely do not want to be backing Nathaniel Hackett, and I absolutely do not want to be betting on the Indianapolis Colts right now as well. I don't know if you've made a play on this, but... Right now, I'm in between a rock and our place, and I am seeing if I can find anything on the board, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to find anything. It's gross. It's Thursday night, and much like last week, I feel like it's a really strong situational spot. Denver now, they they, they won that, that tough-fought game against San Francisco. They leave the friendly confines at the high altitude, and they get they get beat up by the Raiders. Now they come home, and they play a team, like you mentioned, who wants to back Matt Ryan right now? He's a turnover machine. Uh, the fumbles, the interceptions, I just think he's dusted and maybe even worse than Carson Wentz was last year, something that people were just penciling in that he was going to be an upgrade. So to me, this is a fate of, of Matt Ryan. This is a fate of this Colts team. I watched them do everything in their power to not want to win that game against the Titans last week. And now in a tough road spot, Heading to altitude, again, we love these earlier season spots for the Broncos. I'm still a believer in Russ, and I think when you look kind of micro into the matchup here, 
there's a really nice juicy matchup between the Colts passing defense and the passing offense of the Denver Broncos. I look, I like Russ to exploit it. I think Russ has a nice game similar to he, well, the one he had against Seattle. And I, I, this was one of the first things I bet. I, I, I figured it would get to three and a half, maybe even higher once the injury news about Jonathan Taylor, uh, Shaq Leonard going to be out for another week. So I think the passing defense for the Colts gets picked on here. And maybe we're not giving Nathaniel Hackett all the crap next week after they get a win here. I think that we should still probably be giving Nathaniel Hackett much due criticism for the job that he has done thus far, but maybe it goes from like a intensity of 10 to a 9.7. So that could be able to help him out and good point on Jonathan Taylor as well, because I do think that that should be pretty significant to the line because the Indianapolis Colts, when they are firing all cylinders, a lot of it, it thanks to Jonathan Taylor. But I also do think that in terms of coaching as well, I don't think it necessarily gets a whole heck of a lot worse than Nathaniel Hackett, but this Raiders team has been a little bit of a disaster to this point. Now they have to go on the road in the other primetime game that we're going to be seeing, Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs. They're a seven-point favorite. The Raiders did win when they went to Kansas City two seasons ago. I remember that very well as a similar spot. I think that they were a little bit north of seven at the time, but it was a relatively similar line to this one. I don't think that the magic is going to be rekindled by the Las Vegas Raiders. I look at the Chiefs, and I'm questioning why anyone doubted them coming into the season, myself a little bit included. But I did take a look at this Raiders team, and I just can't back them. You know, it's weird because on one hand, the Raiders were built to beat the Chiefs. They've been spotting up to beat the Chiefs, to beat the Chargers, and maybe that's why they haven't looked uh, peak uh, Raiders, also new coach, all of that. I can sell myself on a reason to take the Raiders here, but really, this is all about a situation for me. I circled this situation before the season even started. The Bills play the Chiefs next week. The Bills play the Chiefs next week, and I don't care what you tell me. I think this is going to be a flat spot for both teams this week. I think the, uh, especially this Chiefs team, Patrick Mahomes, he just had the show out for daddy, Tom Brady game. He now comes home. I get it. It's a divisional spot. But it's kind of, and it's been a Monday night, but it's kind of not the biggest deal for them, especially with the Bills up on deck. So the only way I can play this is I can look to maybe get Kansas City in a teaser, but if we're picking a side, I'm definitely taking the Raiders and the points. I don't know. I just can't get there in terms of this situational spot, but I know you're mentioning that spot. Here's one that I think is very important because typically I would just lay the seven with the Minnesota Vikings just taking a look at the Chicago Bears and how sad it's been with that offense. But with the Minnesota Vikings, they don't get a bye week after coming back from Europe. So I do think that that's a little bit of an issue. Now, their home field advantage has actually been one of the best in the NFL, but I take a look at this spot for the Vikings being a seven-point favorite. The one thing that is putting me off from it right now is how is their body going to respond from being over in Europe last week and not having that bye week like most teams typically get? Yeah, this is one of those, you know, I'm guessing the analytics based on how the Vikings have chosen to kind of move forward with their organization. I'm guessing the analytics told them, hey, we should leave late and we shouldn't take the bye week. The bye week will be more valuable later in the season. That may be a great macro take, but I think in the moment, I, I do wonder because I'm with you. I'm not a Bears fan in any sense of the the equation, but I do wonder how this Vikings team is going to perform because I think the problem with this Vikings team is if they can't get up, and they can't play from from ahead with a lead, 
they they run into these issues and strangely the bears could give it to them with their commitment to the run and, and with the way that they're able to, to i think do a little bit with rushing the passer and so if minnesota comes out flat here and you, you wouldn't be the first time we watched a Vikings team kind of wake up, be a little sleepy in the first half. And sure, maybe they recover and they go out and get the win, much like they did about against the Detroit Lions a couple weeks ago. But uh, I'm with you. It's hard for me to want to f- lay points with Kirk Cousins, even in a home spot, a, an environment we know is probably greater than the average home field in the NFL at this point. But I'm with you. I, I'm probably looking to the dog, if anything. Again, maybe this is a teaser leg. It's it's a, it's a week of lots of big spreads and lots of, you know, for me, dogs that are more appealing unless I'm looking to move the number and do a teaser. And you're mentioning that. And what I'm noticing as well is that this is a week of a lot of very strange situational spots. We just alluded to it in terms of Monday Night Football. We touched upon it with the Minnesota Vikings. How much in terms of your handicapping do you attribute the spot to? Because I know that... That's a very big, I. That's a very big influence on why you're leaning a little bit more towards the Raiders. It's a big reason why I've yet to fire in on the Minnesota Vikings, and I do think that is very important. And this is the one thing that feels like from better to better, it varies the most out of anything that we do. Because I mean, the home field advantage, you're not going to have too much variance in terms of one home field advantage to another. Things like body clock games are typically factored in relatively well as well. But we've got some very strange spots that I feel like a lot of betters, they've got a wide range of how they handicap them. And honestly, I would I would even go as far to say, you know, it's maybe even a little bit outside the numbers. And maybe that's why you can still establish some level of edge because it's not a pure trend. It's looking at an evaluation of a team in a situation. It's the reason we maybe liked fading that Miami Dolphins team last week. They were going to be tired. Yes, we we had some very specific loud events that may have helped the Bengals get home. But at the end of the day, the team was tired at the end and the situation was right. And and while situation spot situational spots aren't always right, it, it is. The emotion of the game makes sense and it makes there's a reason there's a Super Bowl hangover. There's a reason that we might see a flat spot from a team when they think they're going to win the game and they don't have to come with maximum effort. So uh, it's huge for me, especially early in a season, because I'm still layer, layering in my preseason kind of opinion of these teams. And so the combination of the two is certainly going to make me wonder, hey, do I really want to back a Kirk Cousins-led team coming off a short week where they flew back from London? And we're talking about situations as well. And I've made it through about one hour and 25 minutes of this show without bringing it up, but... I mean, as we know, right now, Tom Brady, you've got the divorce situation that's going on with that. Does that play any sort of a factor for you at all? Because, I mean, typically there are guys in the NFL that go through it. I mean, divorce happens to people that are famous, not famous, what have you. But does this play any sort of a factor for you? Because I'm not sure how to necessarily absorb it. I've yet to necessarily dock the Buccaneers anything for it. I have yet to upgrade them, make it a motivational spot or anything like that. I'm just right now figuring out how to gauge it or to just leave it as is. Well, and, it, and they're, a, they're an interesting team because we just kind of came off a week where as the news came out late and the, the hurricane news worsened, it was like, wow, this Bucks team may be a distracted team coming in uh, to, a, to a tough spot against the Chiefs. So as far as a single man going through something, I, I could make the argument that maybe he's going to be more focused. Maybe this is going to be some weight off his chest. And at the end of the day, everyone's had that fight with a significant other where you just need to blow off some steam. And guess what? You're a professional football player 
and you have the Atlanta Falcons on deck for the lead in your division. I, I kind of, I'm actually going to give the, the Bucks a kind of slight uptick here. I think if anything, I could see the team rallying around him. If they're truly teammates of him and they see that he's maybe struggling, what better way than help, help a brother through struggles than a win on the gridiron? So I'm actually going to upgrade the Bucks this week. And I will say this is not something that came out of nowhere. Neither is NFL Week 5. We are taking a look at that next with Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The temperature might be cooling off, but fall sports are heating up on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts for pro football, college football, basketball, hockey, and so much more. Now's the perfect time to join Bet Rivers because new betters will receive up to $500 in free bets when they make a first-time deposit using the code SPORTS. That is BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Ryan Kramer. He does terrific work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Ryan, we were talking about this game a little bit off air, and it just feels like the number is too high on this one. Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Both of us took the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, and we were hurt by the fact that though Kenny Pickett completed all 13 of his passes, three of them went to the other team. But in taking a look at Kenny Pickett, those three interceptions weren't all on him. I will say that not all three of them were on his wide receivers either, but certainly he deserved a little bit of a better fate there. But I do take a look at this number with the Buffalo Bills, and certainly I do think that they should be a favorite, but I just still go back to it. The Buffalo Bills, I think they need to utilize their running backs a little bit better. They've got some, I guess you call, they get a little bit too one-dimensional from time to time. That's a little bit of fear of mine. And when you go up against a defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that they can have some success, be able to contain them a little bit and stay within the number. And I certainly think just, you know, you start kind of with the macro take of, wow, 14 points in the National Football League. And I think while I think both of us have a higher opinion of Pittsburgh maybe than we should, and we've been slow to downgrade them because of optimism around that defense and around some of the skill positions. But I love the optimism of having a quarterback that's going to try to make the throws. We saw the emergence of George Pickens, which is directly related to having a quarterback that's willing to make the throws. Then you look around the offense and you see a big guy like Fryermuth, Claypool, a guy who just gets open in Deontay Johnson and a couple of explosive running backs led by Najee Harris. I see no reason why this team couldn't score a couple points here and there. And then to your point, boy, do I love watching Minka Fitzpatrick play football. And I got a feeling that he's going to make a play in this one before their their, their win over the Ravens last week in comeback fashion. They had won all 14 of their previous last 21 games by 12 or more points. So we've kind of entered uncharted water when it comes to what is this team going to do here? Are they going to continue to be that team that just covers these massive spreads and blows teams out like they did to the Titans a couple weeks ago? Or are we going to see a proud Mike Tomlin team back against the wall a little bit against the Buffalo team that, call it what it is, it's a sleepy early kickoff coming off of two games that they played all the way to the brink against the Dolphins, those 90 plays we talked about on offense, 
And then for that comeback to happen against the Ravens, now they have this game against the Steelers. They're 14-point favorites. And oh, by the way, the team that ended their season last year, the Kansas City Chiefs, is on deck. Love the points. Honestly, this is the kind of game you sprinkle the money line because we've seen the Bills screw up games like this before. And I, I just like Tomlin to have a game plan here and have a team come in and, and, and give a fighting chance. And if Buffalo at all is sleepy, like we discussed with Minnesota earlier, I, I like the chances that them maybe tripping up. You talk about them. Uh, you talk about sprinkling on the money line. It would be the opposite of what we saw a few years ago when they took down the Minnesota Vikings as a 16 and a half point favorite. I still remember that all too well. And something that I am keeping in mind as well as what we're going to be seeing in this one, because right now you've got the Detroit Lions. They are finding themselves a favorite against the, or an underdog against the New England Patriots of about three points. And for the Detroit Lions, it has been very fascinating to take a look at this team because they have given up slash scored the most points in games that we've seen in the first four weeks of of the NFL in history, meaning that they have just had the most combined points in their first four games in NFL history in a year in which we just have not had a lot of scoring. We've had a whole bunch of unders. Now they're going up against a Patriots team that they are hopeful to have Mac Jones back in the fold in this one, and the Patriots, they are a three-point favorite. I think that this is one of the toughest games to gauge because you got to feel like a coach like Mr. Campbell is is going to be hammering into his team to play some more defense. I don't know if that message is going to get sent, though. It's funny, right? The team full of football guys seems to have a problem tackling, seems to have a problem with the basics of defense. And while they're able to move the ball on offense and, you know, they've kind of profiled into a team that you love to take as a dog because they cover spreads. They don't win games. And it's hard to cover spread and not win a game when you're a favorite. Here they're a dog, but the fact that this is three, and there's still some hard knocks hype. There's still some Dan Camp. Like this team caught some wind, right? Someone just won a million dollars on the DK Millie Maker playing a lineup full of Lions and Seahawks. So there is still some hype with this team. And I I think for me, the handicap starts, even though it's an old Bill Belichick. We're getting closer to the maybe Bill Belichick is washed. I still like the matchup of him against a Jared Goff uh, quarterback on the road in a situation where I, I expect them to make some mistakes. I expect the Patriots to shorten the game by running the ball, which every team who has run the ball against this Lions team has had success. And I think this this could be one of the surprising outcomes where maybe we start to realize this is the same old of 4-11-1 Detroit Lions team. I like the favorite here. I think Jared Goff make, makes one too many mistakes, and I think we're once again talking about a Detroit team that, hey, maybe they come close in the end, but they don't get it done. Patriots cover, regardless of the quarterback. Personally, I hope it's Bailey Zappi, but I think it won't matter because I think we're going to see a classic Patriots run the ball 40 times and get the dub. And those that watched Western Kentucky last season and a few seasons prior, I believe that Zappi began his career at Houston. They know that Bailey Zappi, he's a guy that's able to sling it. He's able to put up some big numbers. So he's someone that I think can do a solid job against a Detroit Lions defense that currently they aren't stopping a nosebleed. That has not been too terrific. And you mentioned it with the team that they played last week, the Seattle Seahawks. They're going up against the team that I feel like has been the biggest disappointment in all of football right now. That'd be the New Orleans Saints. We talked about it with the Minnesota Vikings. Them having come back from London, not getting that week off. Same is going to hold true for the New Orleans Saints. And 
with the Seattle Seahawks being about a five to a five and a half point underdog. This is an underdog that I can get behind. I feel like this is a bunch in the Seattle Seahawks that they might have a little bit of value outright in this spot. I can't believe I'm saying it coming into the year, but Geno Smith has not been the downgrade from Russell Wilson that we were thinking. And with the New Orleans Saints, this team has just been all over the place. You've got to wonder if the double doink is going to motivate them for this week to get a win or if it's going to crush your soul that they were so close but yet so far away from winning. And I don't like the Saints in the spot. It's another spot, too, where they, they opted out of the bye. It's, it's, you got to wonder what that's going to do. Now, they, interestingly enough, the Saints... They left and they were over there for a week. So I don't know if that changes it. In some ways, I can kind of talk myself into it being less of a trip because they got there, they got acclimated, now they're coming back. Uh, look, I think a lot of people early in the week saw the Seahawks and said the same thing, like, ooh, let me grab up all those points. I think the one glaring difference for me in the matchup is how good the Saints defense can be, especially at home, especially in a spot where they have to be a little undervalued in the market. They're the only 0-4 against the spread team. And, and to me, at this point in the season, you're still winless against the spread. That bias has leaked in, even if it doesn't seem like it has. And I think this it's probably the difference between this game being 7 and this game being 5.5 if we look at the preseason look-aheads that, oh, that affirms that. And to me, I think this turns into a defensive battle where while Geno has been fun, I wonder how good he's going to look against a more competent defense. And oh, by the way, for the Saints, they might have learned something in that game where they trotted out Andy Dalton. Maybe he's the more trustworthy guy right now. And if we can get Alvin Kamara back, we can get some of these other receiving targets back. This becomes a very interesting team for me. Final answer. Let me lay the points with the Saints because I think we might see the other side of the Seahawks coin, which is only scoring six or nine points. The year is 2022, and a team's best option might be Andy Dalton at quarterback. <laughs> what a wild time to be alive, and what a wild time for this as well. As we'll leave you on this one. You want to buy into any of Carson Wentz this week? As right now, the net, the Washington Commanders they are a two and a half point underdog against the Tennessee Titans. There are a lot of teams that I always say you're not betting team slash players. You're betting numbers. I just can't bet Carson Wentz. I'm not sure if you can, but I can't. Look, the spot, you're right to say the spot is ripe to say Carson Wentz plus two and a half. So everything about it, right? The market, where the money's going, uh, the fact that the Titans are coming off a, a nice victory. It, it, Carson Wentz has looked as bad as bad could be. He just can't handle the pressure. So I guess that's the angle. Do you think they're going to get the same level of pressure from Tennessee than they have the past couple weeks? I don't know if I do. And so for me, it's gross. I'm going to hold my nose. But if you're asking me to pick a side in this one, I cannot lay the points of Ryan Tannehill in that offense right now. So I'm going to take Carson Wentz and hope that he uh, gets a little bit more protection because when he is protected, he can make some stuff happen. The problem is the second he sees the rush, he just freaks out. So Tennessee doesn't have the, 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 quite the rushes, the, the, the couple teams they've played the past two weeks. And, you know, it's gross, but you got to take the two and a half. Well, what is not gross is bringing you over because you always deliver beautiful insights. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Best of luck this week, Greg. Ryan does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So big thanks to him for joining me. And coming up next, let's talk a little baseball here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. 
Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here and our hockey experts are ready for all the action because the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide is available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, season-long trends to watch, three things every new NHL better should know, and so much more. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data. For both avid hockey betters and those a little bit newer to the sport, give yourself an edge this season and get the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide 
by becoming a VSIN Pro subscriber today at VSIN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Always get great to get Ryan Kramer aboard. He does amazing work over at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He joined me here to talk a little bit about the NFL slate for week five. And we're going to be hitting upon a little bit more college football in our number three as Tom Cunningham of Vegas Insider is going to be joining me. So we've got the NFL covered. We've got college covered. Now let's get a little bit of baseball covered. Lots of games are off the board. So fewer fewer MLB previews tonight than we typically find. But we do have a couple matchups that do have numbers up on the board. And this one is a very prime pitching matchup. And one that I like under. 9.53, 9.54 on the betting board. The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be on the road facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers. As Corbin Burns goes for the Brewers. Merrill Kelly is on the bump for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Torlon's game is seven shaded to the under, and with the Brewers, it's anywhere between minus 168 and minus 175 that you're laying with them. Between plus 150 and plus 158, the number on Arizona. And when it comes to Corbin Burns, he's had a rough go of it here in the second half of the season. Five plus runs surrendered in four out of his last eight starts. But for Corbin Burns, I was very, very encouraged by what he did in his last start, going eight scoreless innings against the Miami Marlins. Now. The one thing that I will throw in is it was against the Miami Marlins, and the Miami Marlins, they are a far from terrific team, but I think that that is exactly what the doctor ordered for him, and it's actually been a little bit worse at home than he has been on the road. Not just this season, but in his Cy Young Award-winning season last year. At home this year, he's been giving up about 1.3 to 1.4 home runs per nine innings, ERA about a 315. Meanwhile, it's more like a 282, 285 on the road, but still getting nearly 11 strikeouts per nine innings. Good swing and miss stuff. Still there, he's been able to keep the walks under control as well. 2.3 walks per nine innings. And for Merrill Kelly, he's always had an issue pitching on the road. As for Merrill Kelly, throughout his career, if you base it from his rookie season on, he's got an ERA that's right around 1.25 points higher when he is on the road rather than at home. And thus far this season, it hasn't been quite as demonstrative, but it is still something. As he's got a road ERA that's right around a 390, a 302 home ERA. And on the road, he's been giving up the deep ball quite a bit more. 1.2 home runs per nine innings at, on the road at home. It's more like 0.8 home runs per nine innings. So it goes up by about 33%. That is something that is very noteworthy. But really the big thing for me in terms of the errors and the Diamondbacks, it just keeps me off. This bullpen is dead last in the big leagues in terms of ERA over the last two months as they just don't have a lot of guys here to rely upon. Joe Mantiply has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA and with... It being game number 162, you are going to be seeing some newer faces going out there for a lot of these teams. Guys that are getting a little bit of a tryout, what have you. But and for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I just don't know how it can get much worse than the bullpen has been performing. As you've had someone like a Reyes Monanta be able to do a halfway decent job for the team. But you've had so many guys like a Caleb Smith, Mark Belanson, able to throw in there Luis Frias. All these guys posting up at north of 450 ERA, Kevin Ginkle. Really not a guy that you want to be banking on for the Milwaukee Brewers. You do still have Devin Williams out there. He's been able to supply a sub-2 ERA. You've had quite a few guys like a Peter Serzelski be able to give you a sub-3 ERA. It's been a solid season for Brad Boxberger. Sub-3-5 ERA out of him as well. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you still do have quite a bit of firepower in terms of this lineup. Moving the line has not been the specialty for this team, other than their rookie and Garrett Mitchell, who's been able to above a 285, but that's in a sample size of fewer than 100 at best. You really haven't had that one-table center bat for this team, and that is the big reason why this Brewers team is not going to be going to the postseason. But what you do have 
is a trio of guys in Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Tellez. They've all been able to supply at least 29 home runs for this team. Renfro, Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, Luis Arias, throw in there Mike Brasso. These guys are in between about a 241 to a 255. So they've been okay in them for the years in the Diamondbacks. They rank in the top five of the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per at-bat basis when they are on the road. Have a pair of guys in Dalton Varsho and Christian Walker. They combined 63 home runs. Think that they're going to fare a little bit better in this spot, even though it is against Corbin Burns than they did yesterday where they got one it. Yeah, one it on Tuesday. That is not necessarily too great. And you still have some of your dead bats out there like Carson Kelly, Jordan Luplo, throw in there Geraldo Perdomo, Cooper Hummel. These are guys sitting at the 220 or lower, but they've been able to find a little bit more out of Jake McCarthy and Stone Garrett. Both of these guys are hitting above a 275. Josh Ross is hitting about a 265 as well. So you do have some trustworthy bats out there. Even someone like Akito Marte, when he's been in the fold, he's been able to about a 240 as well. So I do think that the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be able to provide a little bit more offense, but by a little bit more, I mean they score a run or two. I think that you're going to see Corbin Burns land a good start. And I think that Merrill Kelly is going to be solid as well because with the Brewers, I do think that they're going to get a home run or two, but I think that they're going to be more of the solo variety, and I do think that Corbin Burns going to be able to wrap up this season on high note. If you're looking at the run line of the Milwaukee Brewers, finding that in a lot of spots, finding that neighbor at about a plus 125 to a plus 130, I needed a plus 115 or greater personally. I see a little bit more value in the run line than the money line, so going to take the Brewers to be able to win by multiple runs, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well. Speaking of the NL Central, you've got a pair of teams in the Reds and the Cubs doing battle at Great American Ballpark. This is 9.57, 9.58 on the betting board as it is Graham Ashcraft who's going to be going for the Reds and Adrian Sampson. It's on the bump for the Cubs and the Cubs. They are slight favorites, anywhere between minus 115 to a minus 125. And you're finding the Reds anywhere between about even money to even as bad as minus 105. Seeing as good, though, as about a plus 112 on this one as well. And when it comes to the Cubs... I was willing to lay up to about a minus 115 here. I would like to see if this number gets down a little bit further. But with that said, at current numbers, the absolute max I'd be willing to lay is about a minus 115. But we shall see if the Cubs get seamed up a little bit more in the AM as Adrian Sampson has been able to do a really good job on the road this season. He's got a sub-3 ERA. And when it comes to Graham Ashcraft, since coming off of the injured list, it has not been a great state of affairs for him as both of these guys very much pitch-to-contact pitchers. Neither of these guys are really registering more than seven strikeouts per nine innings, but for Graham Ashcraft, he was actually one of the more profitable pitchers in the big leagues towards the beginning part of the season. And then ever since he has come off the injured list, his two starts have not been great. He has given up 10 runs, nine of which were earned in six and two-thirds innings. Now, relatively small sample size, but one of those starts did come against the Chicago Cubs on the road about a week ago. Gave up six runs, five of which were earned, and he got eight out. So that's not great. Now with the Cincinnati Reds, they are a team that's in the top half of the league in terms of bullpen ERA in the second half of the season. First half of the season, they were by far your worst bullpen ERA in the big leagues, but Alexis Diaz along with Fernando Cruz, both of these guys are supplying a sub-2 ERA. You've been able to get some good innings out of even someone like a Buck Farmer who's got a sub-3-5 ERA since the all-star break. Derek Law has been able to do a solid job as well for the Chicago Cubs. They've been able to win, I believe, now 10 out of their last 12 games. This has been a Cubs team that they've been able to mow them down. They've got Wilson Contreras back in the fold. He's got north of 20 home runs. He's been able to supply right around a 345 on base. And you've got C.A. Suzuki, Nico Horner, a pair of guys that 
but able to move the line along with Ian Hep hitting between about a 268 280 as well. Patrick Wisdom is able to give you about 25 home runs, but hitting about a 205, he's been in a little bit of a funk recently, but for the Cincinnati Reds, very much a top-heavy lineup as pretty much all of your bottom four guys that you're going to be fighting on a night-in and night-out basis. Guys like Jose Barrero, throwing their R.E.C. Days Aquino, Chucky Robinson. These are guys hitting below a 200. They're really not trustworthy. Now, you got T.J. Fidel hitting about a 240. Jake Fraley, whenever he's been out there, I see he's been a little bit banged up. Throwing there, Jonathan India. These are guys hitting right around at 250. And then Donovan Solano's been able to about a 285 as well, but not really a lot of home run power, but Great American Ballpark. It is one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks in the big leagues. With the Cubs bullpen, it's not necessarily impressive. They've been able to do just enough to be able to get the job done. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. But when it comes to this pitching situation, I do think that Adrian Sampson has really been a nice find since he was not great in the KBO a few seasons ago. He has come back to the States. He's been able to find himself home. Does a good job not allowing a lot of walks, giving up a little bit over two walks per nine innings. Graham Ashcraft has done the same. I do think that the ball is going to be in play quite a bit, but I do favor the Cubs up to about a minus 115 in this ordeal as well. And we were talking a lot about situations here in number, our number two of the Greg Peterson experience. And you get all of our pro tips that we do across every show, and you're able to separate them by sport and by show. Visa.com slash subscribe for all of those. And the pro tip for our number two is just take a look at scheduling spots and just take a look at spots in general in terms of gauging the NFL and just really any sport in general because we've got a lot of funky spots. There's no real set way to gauge like Tom Brady's divorce coming back from London. So do gauge these on an individual basis and don't have a one-size-fits-all sort of approach there. And you can't have a one-size-fits-all approach for our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience, which comes your way next year on VEASAN Esports Betting Network. The Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.